Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. all about how the rich make money and the key difference between being an investor and not and why the average person actually doesn't think like an investor. Um, We're going to break that down. So if you're brand new to me, my name is Susan McVeigh. I'm a married mama of two. I'm a business sales expert, a business sales strategist, and I am here to help you talk about all things related to money. Because what's the point in making more money if you actually can't keep it, right? And let me backtrack a little bit so that you understand the context of why I'm I'm teaching or telling you this information in the first place. I spent the bulk of my career, so the first 20 years of my adult life, were heavy in corporate finance, uh, diving in deep and helping people, just like you and me, make and build and grow our wealth. And as a result, I have a lot of experience, not just theory, but like real hard data and evidence about how people actually um, manage their money. How, And more importantly, what they think they're doing versus what they actually are doing. And the key differences between those who have and those who have not, and those who do and those who do not. So that's what I'm going to be breaking down in today's video. Shout out goes to Lee Min Huang, one of my amazing clients who is a sales superstar. She's a rock star client um, who's also on a mission to helping women have more wealth. That's the biggest driver of why I do everything that I do. And she had somebody pose to her a very interesting question, or maybe it was more of an opinion as opposed to a question. (laughs) They actually said to her, um, it's kind of a turn off to talk about money so much. Hello? Uh, why do people not say that about men? Why is it that for women, it seems to be a rather taboo subject to talk about success, to talk about money, to talk about wealth, to talk about being um, a go-getter and being ambitious? Like, why do we always have to feel like it's this or that? So today, when we're talking about how the rich make money, there's one key thing that regardless of background, gender experience, that makes the difference. And while you may be thinking like, oh, she's she's going to give me a whole bunch of stuff on like literally how to make money, there are, like you could Google that, right? And can I go into all of that? Go and listen to my podcast, Master the Sales Game. I actually give you, I think it's close to 70 different ideas for how to make cash, right? Like how to generate some cash in your business, even if you don't currently have a business. So go and listen to that if that's like the specifics of what you need. Right now, what I want to talk about is more importantly, how the rich make money by first, how they think about making money. Because as a man thinketh or as a woman thinketh, that's what we do, right? Like this is the leading part. It's the tip of the spear. 
So if we don't think about money correctly, if we don't think about our wealth correctly, then our actions, our beliefs and everything else otherwise is going to be way over here, you know, left field versus the straight and narrow path that we're actually wanting to go through. So this concept of investor versus gambler is really what I want to hone in on today. No, it's not sexy. And it's probably not the thing that you thought I was going to be talking about, but it's extremely critical because without it, you could make a lot of money and you won't keep it. Okay. More importantly, you're probably going to have to work a lot harder than necessary in order to uh, see the fruits of your labor. Right. That this is really about working smarter, not harder. And I think sometimes we say it, we believe it, we think it, we even um, try it, but we actually don't know what it means. So today I'm going to give you the, the nuts and bolts of what this actually looks like by giving you this analogy. If I was to ask you right now, and if you're on here live, please feel free to say hello and where you're dialing in from, calling in or listening in from. Um, and if you're on the replay, do the same thing. Okay. Are you an investor? And if you are, put investor, or are you a gambler? And if you are a gambler, put a gambler too. I am both, okay? So I'm going to share with you why I'm both and how this has helped me to grow my wealth and become rich, not just in here, but also on paper, okay? So with all this being said, what is a gambler? Now, if I had been better prepared, I probably would have pulled this up. But to me, how I define a gambler is somebody who is trying to make money very fast, right? There's a lot of risk, maybe not as much return, but as with all things, the more you risk, the more you can potentially gain. Now, in the world of investments, in the world of um, making investments in particular, we understand this concept that the the more we risk, the more we can possibly get back, right? There's a pendulum swing. And so if you're really, really uh, a risk taker, then what that means is that you can swing that pendulum farther and farther to the right and to the left from center, from zero, right? It means that you can take more gains, but you could also take more losses, more losses. Now, here's what the very wealthy uh, are trying to do at all costs. They're trying not to lose. Now, this does not, this does not mean that they're sitting on the sidelines uh, avoiding opportunities. In fact, it's the opposite. The very rich make money because they're able to take advantage of opportunities that other people may think of as scary. Now, you may be thinking that you're gambling, but you're actually not looking at things through the right lens. Instead, you actually are looking at opportunities to invest as if they are gambles. And when you are looking at opportunities to gamble, you're thinking that they're opportunities to invest. Does this make sense? So we actually often have them backwards, that the rich actually are able to see opportunities for what they are as true opportunities because they're mitigating risk. Now, what does that mean? That's just a fancy word of saying they're trying to make sure that all the benefit is on the upside, that they have more to gain than they have to lose. So instead of having that pendulum go equally right and left, right, gains and losses, that they're really trying to stack the deck in their favor so that they make more, but the, the potential to lose more is actually quite small. It's actually quite small. Okay. 
So how does this happen? Well, experience, right? Experience, wisdom, borrowing other people's experience or wisdom and not being afraid because oftentimes when we operate out of fear, it can amplify this fluctuation back and forth. So when we aren't as skilled, when we don't have as much experience, of course, the first time that we do something, it's going to be scary. It's going to be like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. The first time that I ever invested was scary. And it's $25. It was $25 paycheck. But because I didn't understand how this worked and I was learning as I went, right? It was a little bit nerve wracking. Because <laughs> I, at the time, I was getting paid $10.50 an hour, right? $10.50 an hour. So that was more than two hours worth of work, pre-tax, right? So in order for me to invest $25 after tax income, gosh, I, I had to work at least three hours, right? So three hours of work. So I could already see, oh my gosh, like three hours of work, what am I gonna get back, right? Now the reality was, that that initial investment, I lost money. I lost money initially. But if I had just said, oh my gosh, I'm out, I wouldn't have gained all of the knowledge, the experience, and yes, the market fluctuation so that it could keep making more money. Because a, a rich person, somebody who is focused on wealth, is not in it for the short term. And as a result, just about every single thing that you could invest in over a longer period of time, right? For me, a long period of time <laughs> is going to be 10 years or more. Now, depending on your asset class, that may vary. That may vary. But at the very bare minimum, I would say you should not be looking at an investment for lower than five years. Okay. So with that being said, if we're looking at things, looking at opportunities, even in your business, and you're going, am I going to make money in three months? That's the wrong question. That's the wrong way to approach this. No wonder why so many businesses fail in the first three years, the first year, heck, right? Because we're gambling with our money. You are going into a venture thinking, I'm going to make money like that. That's a get rich quick scheme. I don't ascribe to that. I always look at things as an investor. What am I going to get over 3, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, right? And I know that's a shift. It definitely is a shift because when I first started out in the investment world, in the finance industry, this is not how I operated. I was not taught this. And that's why I'm sharing this with you right now. It's that it's so important that we stop thinking about the things that we actually are trying to invest in as if we are gambling and the things that we're trying to gamble in as if we're an, an investor, because that's the reason why we have uh, expectations that are not being met. We have goals and aspirations that we get disappointed with, that we're sold into these pipe dreams that are complete shysters, uh, like taking advantage of us. Because we aren't able to use wisdom and understand what the opportunity actually is. Does this make sense? So does that mean that you can't make money quick? Absolutely not. I literally, in the middle of the pandemic, divine download, right? So let me walk you, you through this. Because 
having helped people become millionaires, billionaires, really, and everything in between over the course of two decades plus, I have personally been dealing with money, helping people with money since I was seven years old. Okay, I have a natural knack for this. Now, the only reason why I'm not as wealthy as I would like to be is because of me. This is just me, right? And a lot of times we get stuck in our old ways of thinking and our old ways of being and doing and, and believing that the possibility of something bigger, especially when you're the first in your bloodline, you're the first in your family to do a lot of things, it can be more challenging because you have to break out of these old mindsets and beliefs and identities that keep us stuck. They're designed to help us and to support us and to make us feel like we belong. But what happens if you're not supposed to belong? What happens if you are the first person to be rich and wealthy, like filthy rich? You need to figure out how the rich people actually think. Now, I'm grateful because I was planted in an environment, right, with my corporate job where I was exposed to all of this, even though my parents had a business generating hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash because it was a cash business at the time. Right back when I grew up, there wasn't as much reliance on credit and debit. In fact, there was no debit. There was no internet. <laughs> right? So, so you know, when when data goes down, when this goes down, okay, that's fine. But that was then, not now, right? But I share this with you because if I go back all the way through the span of time, because there's patterns of behaviors in history and we are in that, that that same sort of situation now when i first started in my corporate career i never had any extra and as i kept growing and growing and growing i i basically avoided putting myself in a situation where i would be tempted by indecision and i would be tempted by my own desires and this is not about like sacrificing to the nth degree but i i knew that the way that i had grown up and the my natural tendency i actually like nice things okay i don't know about you but i like nice things i like luxury things i like eating well i like things that feel nice uh, on my body i like being in places that make me feel a certain way that has a cost to it right um and I'm not going to pussyfoot around and say these are all investments. They're not. Some of these things, it's just you're, you're spending money because you want to. And that's totally okay. But let's call a spade a spade, right? And so at the end of the day, um, I paid myself first, which that's not even what we're talking about today, but that's a bonus hack. Make sure that you pay yourself first because that way you always have money for a rainy day. That way you always make sure that you are taking care of you first. That's the oxygen mask that you need to put on. So I always did that. And that discipline is what forced me to start thinking like a rich person because a rich person doesn't get rich overnight. Very few people are born into money and the kind of money where you, you don't even have to think about it anymore. Most people, even though their families are quite well off, they still have to work and steward and operate and manage what they already have so that it doesn't go away. Because remember what I said to you at the very beginning, that the number one goal for every rich person is to not lose it. Okay? Because they understand <laughs> what's, at what's at risk here, right? And so instead, the upside for them is now 
if I just make a little bit more without losing anything, that's still a gain. For most folks who are average, right, that aren't wealthy yet, they're doing the opposite because they don't have as much to lose. That's the reality. If you don't have much, you don't have much to lose. And so sometimes you do have to swing for the fences because you have to take the opportunity that's knocking at the door. But again, this is why so many people, they lose out because they're swinging for the fences. And statistically, it might be a one in a million shot, right? So the, the, the cards are kind of stacked against you. So how do you mitigate this? Because you think of yourself as an investor. You need to think longer term. So here's a perfect example that I'm going to share with you because there is something happening right now as we speak that you need to be prepared for in order to help you to perhaps turn into a rich person very quickly because the timelines are going to get condensed with the opportunities that are going to show up. Um, at the time of this recording, we are depending on who the expert that you're listening to, we are on the verge of a recession, we are in the recession, like there's varying opinions, okay? I'm not going to argue whether we are or we aren't. I've been I've been talking about the potential of a recession for over two years now. And COVID was technically a blip, a blip in the recessionary kind of um, schedule, but it wasn't a real recession like we would typically go through like the 2008 recession so having been in the market personally since 1998 i have always just been actively investing meaning once i got into the habit because i thought like a rich person before i actually was one i became an investor in my own future okay with 25 dollars a paycheck and that quickly grew and grew and grew and grew it enabled me to pay for things in cash, like my my cars, uh, the down pay payments on our homes, um, like all kinds of stuff. So again, it does not mean that you need to go without because you are only, only saving for long-term vision. It's really about this as opposed to anything else. Does this make sense? And that's why I'm not going to get into the weeds of like where you need to invest and how you need to make money. There's tons of resources. And like I said, at the very beginning, if you missed it, I have a podcast, Master the Sales Game. And I actually did a whole episode back near the beginning of the pandemic. So over two years ago now, where I gave you, I think it was 50, 60, maybe even 70 different cash injection ideas, like how to generate cash for your business. Okay. Go and listen to that. If if that's the area that you you need more more money maybe tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit more about like the, the lay of the land as it relates to how you can how you can actually um, make more money from an opportunistic kind of standpoint okay or opportunities standpoint i don't think any of us want to be opportunistic so because i was heavily invested Right. Every time I kept making more, I kept investing more because my vision was for the long term. My future, my future self needed to be funded. But I also got to use some of that along the way. Right. It helped me enjoy my life. It helped me pay for my wedding. It helped me to buy a home and then another home and another home. Side note, if you're not on my email list, what you waiting for? Um, grab yourself a spot because tomorrow I think we're going to be sharing a story about how I manifested um, 
I use that word with a grain of salt because there's work involved, right? Sometimes we, I think we manifested. No, I manifested it because I had the ability and the experience and the know-how and an opportunity pa passed my way that I jumped on and we bought this house in six hours in the middle of a pandemic. And we instantly made money. We instantly made money. Because for us, home is an investment. Um, and right now, it's technically not an asset. It is, but it isn't. And I'll share more tomorrow what, what the difference is. Okay. So because of all of this, we never had extra cash flow. Like we had cash, but it was always invested. And so when the market dips down, oftentimes, you the number one thing is as an investor, you're constantly looking for opportunities right this is not about timing the market because most of us even me who has a background in this i have degrees in this right i've taken courses in this i've been certified in this i actually invested for clients in this and i was licensed to sell investments i'm no longer licensed this is not financial advice so do your own research right which is why i'm not telling you what to buy nobody should be telling you what to buy unless they are your own personal financial advisor and they are accredited and legally licensed to do so. If they don't, if they are telling you what to buy they, and they don't have any of those things, they could get themselves into a lot of hot water and you could get yourself on the wrong side of where you wanna be, okay? That's just a bonus step too. So if you're following anybody and they're not giving you the proper disclaimers and you know that they're not licensed, they should probably be reported. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, because there's a lot of shysters taking people's money, innocent people's money because they just don't know any better. So every time that the market went, now we know the saying, right? You buy low and you sell high. But when is the low? Very few people are, are consistently able to predict the low, which is why rich people don't worry about buying low. They buy all the time. <laughs> they buy all the time. Now, how do you do that? We're going to talk about that tomorrow, right? Because you, you need to have money to be able to do that. Um, and instead of contracting and spending less and like, let me scrimp and save, I'm going to encourage you to expand and think bigger. And that's what we're covering in my upcoming Rich and Ready event. Uh, if you grab it, grab the ticket, amazing. If you still need one, uh, what you waiting on, go and grab one. Uh, because every day before the event, the price goes up by $100, okay? So that is next Friday, July 22nd. So when the market's dipping down and you're trying to invest and you are heavily invested like me, then you can't really take advantage of any big opportunities. And so I had said way back in my career that if there would ever come a time where I had extra cash, just sitting in cash, right, where we weren't fully invested in the market, that I would go in, like I would buy. And two years ago, at the start of the pandemic, guess what happened? So we had just sold our home. We were looking for our new home, hadn't found one yet. And so we had a whole bunch of cash. And so I had to make good on the promise that I made myself, right? Because I am an investor. Now, was this a gamble and an investment? Absolutely because we were looking for a home. So I'm walking you through the conversation so that you guys understand this is how rich people think, okay? 
So there was a, you know, a big pool of money for the home. And we already, I knew immediately the market was going down and we called our advisor, right? We have our own private banker, our, our financial advisor. And I said, we need to, you need to go in the market, right? We're already invested. We already have a portfolio. She manages that. She takes care of that. Yada, yada. We're all good. But we had now had extra. Now, technically, it wasn't extra because it was earmarked for something else, a short term. So if you missed me at the beginning, I said, rich people think like an investor. Investors don't invest for easy money to flip stuff. Okay. Those are gamblers. Those are gamblers. Now, can you gamble and invest? Absolutely. I, and I'm sharing this with you because I am both. I have a very high risk tolerance. Not everybody has the same risk tolerance as me. Okay. So do not do what I do. Think about what you're going to do as I'm sharing the story. Okay. And thinking about your mindset and any reactions that you're having to anything that I'm sharing. Because I've, listen, I understand it. I've gone through it. I've helped clients through it because this was my entire life for 20 years. Okay. Remember, I've been dealing with money though. It's a gift that I was born with since I was seven. That was my very first business was loaning my allowance money to my sisters at seven. Okay. It is not something that I learned. It's something that I was born with. So these other skills, though, I have learned because I didn't wake up one day knowing what a stock was. But I have a natural talent. I have a natural knack for it. So all this being said, two years ago, said we need to go in. Now, my husband has a very different risk tolerance. So when you're investing with somebody else with different priorities, and this is why people fight over money and why the number one reason why people get divorced is money, right? It's money and then it's sex. Now, if you were here on Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, you would have heard me talk about the three money-making niches, money, sex, right? Health. So the, the two reasons why people divorce are the two of the three money-making industries. No surprise there, right? So my husband has a lower risk tolerance than I do. Part of this is also because that's not his industry. Even though he's an accountant, he deals with numbers in a different way, okay? So we had to decide how much of this pool, this big pool of money that we have for a house that we are actively looking for a house, right? How much of that is going to go towards this gamble? We're investing, but potentially we might need that money for the house, right? Depending on the price point, depending on what we find. And so we decided on, I think it's one seventh of the amount. Okay. So, so a little bit more than 10%, a little bit more than 10% of the total amount. We said, here's the number six figure plus go and invest. And she did as the market was going like this. Now the market still was going down. So when she bought what she bought, we lost money. I want you to hear me. We lost money. And it wasn't a small amount, as you can imagine. <laughs> right? Because I want you to remember back when things were being panicky, everybody pulled out of the market. And you maybe we've already seen some of that we're continuing to see some stuff going on. Right. As inflation rises, 
as prices rise, as the supply gets tighter and tighter, demand goes up, things are going to keep happening in the market because people are acting emotionally. Investors don't act emotionally. Investors have a set uh, parameter, like guidelines of what they are thinking about, what they're doing, that money, uh, doing with that money, so that they have kind of rules, expectations, accountabilities, and boundaries that they hold to. Money does not have to be emotional. Oftentimes when we react emotionally with money, we are gambling. Okay. So I, I want you to get very, very clear about how you are anticipating using your money and rich people don't think of money emotionally, which is why they have so much of it. And they keep getting more of it. Money just responds to um, like the input equals the output. And it, it, I'm not talking about time versus money. I'm not talking about even energy versus money. I'm just talking about, do you understand the laws of how money is created, how it's maintained and how it grows? Make sense? So if we don't, then we create all kinds of stories and emotions attached to those stories that make us feel bad, make us feel guilt and shame and stop us from being properly educated. And as women, especially, we stop asking questions. And that means you can never get educated properly to have the, the skills to gain the experience so that you can truly become uh, an investor and stop becoming a gambler. Because if you're throwing spaghetti against a wall, hoping and praying, oh, will this work? Will this work? Will this work? And you don't allow something to take the time that's required to actually grow and build you will never see the appropriate fruits. It's like if you were to plant an apple seed and you never got to see the fruit because you kept hacking away at it because you're like, oh, I don't think that's growing right. Hmm, that branch looks a little crooked. Oh, there's bugs on there. Well, what, what if it's part of the process, right? Because any good farmer knows that there's certain things that you can't prune during certain seasons, you you can't even prune everything, even if it's in the right season. But you can't know this unless you have the experience of, of playing it out. Now, if you have the experience of somebody else, especially for something like money, so whether that's building your business, growing your wealth, then that is extremely valuable. That's That's worth everything, right? And that's why when you're evaluating financial advisors, accountants, lawyers, it is very important that you get the right fit because the wrong person can basically take away everything, right? And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just saying that if you don't have the proper experience, then borrowing that from somebody else is extremely, extremely valuable. Like I would, you, because you may be thinking, well, Susan, I mean, this is what you did for clients. Why, why do you have a person? Why do you have an investment advisor? Because it's a full-time job. And I already got one. <laughs> I already got plenty of jobs. I do not need to do that one too. Now, could I do it? And could I do it better than perhaps what my um, my my bankers and my investment advisors, like my private counsel does? Possibly, because I have a gift for it. I know that I have a gift for it. But is it worth my time? Thinking as an investor in my own life, no, it's not right? For the extra few percentage, maybe even 10 or 20%. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's not worth it for me. 
it's not worthwhile for me to to divert my time and attention and my focus um, to do that specifically for me. Does this make sense? So in the short term, we in that so we invested right post COVID, right? And I had told my husband, I was like, we're just not we're not going to look at it until we actually need to look at it. Um, which funny enough happened within four. So that was in March, give or take, right? End of March is when we invested. And we ended up buying this house, which is going to be the story on the email, um, in a six-hour period in, I think it was May, two months, okay? Now, that's not what I was anticipating at all because we actually had our rental, like we were renting a place because we had moved here, not sold our, our current, our old house, um and not found a new house and so we were in between right so we already had a long-term lease it was a one-year lease that we were renting so we had time so even with that we had about six months which is very short term okay but two months is like ludicrous so in two months though we had made more than 20 percent of our original investment by the time we needed to close on the home so I don't share that because it's important that we made 20%. That's almost irrelevant, although obviously the results are great. It's more about what did it take to take advantage of that opportunity when it showed up? So if you have been saying like, oh, I need to get in the market or I need to do this, but you have never taken the steps to learn to get yourself in a position that you could be there, right? So as an example, oh, I'd love to invest, but blah, 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 whatever, insert blah, okay? So for me, it was, oh, I'd love to, you know, when the market crashes, I would love to put more money in, but I don't have enough, right? Well, here's the thing. I never actually even thought of the possibility to go and try and make more money because I was full-time in a job. I, I've made good money, right? Two kids, married, double income, right? Our lives were very full. I thought we had enough, but there was always a piece of me that was like, oh, if I had more, I could do more. I always knew that, but I never took the steps to do the more, right? I was waiting for it to come. I was, I was being very passive, which actually is not who I am. So it was very interesting for me to kind of look back and see these little signs of not giving myself permission to want more, to have more, to get more, because I didn't think that it was okay in some way, right? It's not something that I, I verbalize or I even like recognize, but if I look back, I can see, oh, that's the reason why, right? Because I could have gotten another business going at the time. I could have tried something else. I could have had even like a, a part-time job like here and there. A few hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks at the the age that I was back then, you know, 10, 15, even 20 years earlier would have made such a huge difference to what I have now in terms of my wealth. My wealth would be exponentially increased. How do I know? Because the amount that I started saving for my kids, my eldest is now 16. Um, we stopped investing about five years ago, okay, for both of the kids. They have more 
in their education fund than most adults have for their retirement. How do I know? Again, I share this because of my background, looking at people's bank account balances, looking at their investment portfolios, looking at how they actually spend money. And I'm not sharing this because I want you to feel bad. I'm sharing this because I need to paint a picture of how simple money and growing your wealth can be and how rich people actually think how they make money. It's here first because they come up with all of these ideas that may look and sound crazy or on the flip side, they're extremely boring. Right? Making money does not have to be exciting. Making money, the most money, actually can be super, super boring. <laughs> super boring, right? And I think as visionaries and creatives, sometimes we go chasing after the new and the new and the new and the thrill and the, the chase. You're gambling. And I say this because I'm both. I am an investor. I have forced myself to be an investor, gratefully learning that through experience, but I also know about myself, I am a gambler at heart. Like you sit me in a casino and I only go with like 20 or 100 bucks. You know why? Because the thrill of it, it's dopamine as well. So it, it utilizes your brain, brain chemistry to work against us, right? The, the thrill of the cha-ching, 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 like even just hearing all the noises and the buttons and like a thrill, that's all done intentionally. So I allow myself to still have fun. It's been years. It's been years since I've been, uh, you know, doing any of that. But I still make money. I have still made money even gambling because I know myself and because I know I am there. Right. And even if you're doing little scratch tickets, I'm not saying don't have fun with your life. I'm not saying don't spend money where you want to. I'm saying that we need to understand the difference between being an investor and being a gambler. And the biggest mistake that I see that rich people do not make consistently is that the average person is looking to gamble when they actually think that they're investing. And on the flip side, they're at. Uh, uh, they're investing when they think they're gambling, right? And they're gambling when they think they're investing. So they have it mixed up. And as a result, we get disappointed when we don't get the results that we want, when it doesn't meet our expectations. Does this make sense? So I want you to promise me that you're going to look for boring when it comes to your investments, because boring is tried and true. And it actually can grow super fast if you stop monkeying around with it. If you stop, you know, trying to adjust it, right? Uh, ladies, and if anybody feels me, you know how when you do mascara, because like I don't wear a lot of makeup, hello, you can probably tell. Um, part of that is just I'm, I'm lazy. That's what it comes down to. I'd rather sleep than take care of this. Um, so thank God, good jeans, right? But if I do put on makeup, it's usually uh, a little bit of mascara and maybe some lipstick, okay, lip gloss. I love how Janie says, boring works for me. So you know how sometimes you put on mascara, ladies, and it's like, it smudges, right? Like, is that just me? Like it smudges or it gets clumpy and you're just like, let me just fix that. Let me just, let me just fix it. 
And then in the end, you spent way more time and effort and energy than if you just wiped it clean and tried again. <laughs> is, it just, is it just me? Like, no, 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 no. Let, let, me, let me just fix that. Let's not do that with our money, okay? Because I think sometimes the guilt and the shame and the regret of, oh, I got to fix it. Not everything needs to be fixed. Some things you literally just can just go and wipe it off, wash it off, stop, start new, and let it go. Okay? And just let it go. Because continuing to try and make it work is actually going to make it much harder for you to move forward. Like if you're trying to piecemeal different strategies together, sometimes it's better to just cut your losses. And there will be times where even as an investor, and this is where, again, the rich think differently, it, because remember that pendulum swing, we want to mitigate risk, right? So we don't want to have things where the risk of the downside, how much you could lose is equal to what you could gain. Rich want to stack the cards in their favor. So you want to make sure that every single time you make investments that you are allowing yourself to see incremental improvement on the potential gain. Now, while there's never any guarantees in life, you definitely can make sure that there are things that will help you to feel better about the potential gain as opposed to the potential loss and to reduce that risk. Make sure. Uh, does that make sense? Right. And oftentimes, when we are trying to do too many things at the same time, we actually increase and amplify the risk and we increase like the gain, but we also increase the risk. So we don't want to do that. We really want to start with small amounts. And I know sometimes that doesn't feel sexy, right? That this is exactly how I started in crypto. I started with a small amount. So gamblers, because I know, I, human nature being what it is, you're going to gamble. You're going to gamble with something at some point in some way, right? That's just the name of the game. Where you do it, I hope you're thinking about it differently than maybe what you've been doing before. And I hope that you look at where you're spending your money today so that you can understand, am I gambling or am I investing, right? So I think sometimes we forget about the things that we spend the bulk of our money on. Food is a perfect example, right? I think most people are gambling with their food choices as opposed to investing because even though it feels like, gosh, can I afford to spend that extra bit for that better quality of meat or cheese or whatever? I can't decide for you. But what I will say is if you're thinking as an investor, then you will look at the quality of what you're doing because it's an investment into yourself, right? Like we eat that food. So if you understand that that's an investment, not just in what you're buying, but that goes into you, it's an investment in you, right? If you're thinking short term, shorten your lifespan, quick and easy, you're gambling. That's a whole other topic. Okay, does this make sense? So gamblers want quick. You wanna limit your exposure. So just like the example that I shared with you, when I gamble, if I'm going to make an investment and I know that it's a gamble, I predetermine, I, I think about it first and I predetermine 
how much am I willing to lose? Because if I lost everything, would it be okay? Because remember, I'm limiting my risk. So if you go all in, so I'll give you an example. Because uh, I've made money in basically everything that I've touched. Um, is it a huge amount? Sometimes not, but it's still more than zero, right? So I'm still 100% success ratio. In every venture that I've done, God willing. Um, and I, I don't say that to brag to you. I say that because I am I'm a risk taker, but I'm also very, very cognizant of risk. So I do this very, very fast. Okay. You, you may need to take practice to be able to get to this level of skill. This is something that I've done since I was seven years old for everything that I do. Okay. And this applies not just for money, but also your time and your energy or effort. Okay. Because these are resources that you are pouring out. And in fact, I would, I would actually say that money is the least valuable out of these because money can be replaced. Money can be replaced and it can be replaced really easily. Okay. Like we just saw this happen over the last two years with COVID governments everywhere around the world, which is why inflation is running, running rampant. That's a whole conversation, totally a separate topic. If, if that's uh, of interest, just let me know like why we have inflation, but COVID the government pushed a button and said, print more money print more money and literally that's what happened to trillions of dollars of worth of money flooding the market and that has been a big precursor to the amount of inflation that we see today but the the average person the rich people were like "Ooh, this is not gonna bode well and so they've been stockpiling cash guarantee you if you look at big companies big companies have been stockpiling cash they have that most of them are their own bank. They have their own way to fund themselves, right? Apple has a huge, huge cash balance on their balance sheet. Why? Because they can. And why? Because they also invest. They're, the, Apple is an investor, right? The company is an investor. And so when the market goes down, they're going to buy. They're going to be able to spend money where other people have to pull back because they think like the rich, right? And so the average person when COVID hit and all of this money flooded the market and went into the marketplace, what did what did they do? Free money, yay, I get money. There, there have been people, and maybe either tomorrow or the next day, I will talk about the wealth transfer. There have been people that have not paid student loans, not paid mortgages or rent for two years, and as soon as all of these stays came back in place, they have not been able to still pay, not because they don't have the money per se, but because they have fallen out of the discipline of what they were doing with their money. So rich people don't do this, right? Rich people don't do this. Like when COVID hit and our landlord said, hey, so you guys okay? And we're like, yeah, why? Well, because there was a moratorium on rent increases. And there are a lot of people, even if they could pay rent, just walking away and being like, I don't have to pay because you're not going to come after me anyways. Now, I will say that the amount that we were paying in, in rent was more than most people, uh, most, most people. Could we have done with that extra bit of cash flow? Absolutely. But that's not how rich people think.
Rich people pay their debts. Rich people pay on time. Rich people think about being an investor because they understand that everything they, they do is for the long term. And so the incremental things that happen in the short term, it just mitigates risk, right? So it either helps you to get there faster or it decreases the risk on the downside so that you can shore up resources so that we can take advantage of things when the opportunity comes. I'm telling you right now, opportunities are coming up right? Opportunities are coming up. And if you need more cash, then you need to look at ways to increase your cash flow, not restrict what you're spending. That is a fear-based mechanism. And I say this because that's what I did. I spent a career doing it and he still became a millionaire, right? So you can't, you can absolutely get success doing it. It just takes longer. It takes longer. The far faster way is doing what I just did two years ago. And I've been doing basically since my breakdown during the time of greatest fear and greatest frustration for me, I have been able to create exponential wealth, which one of my mentors was like, this period is the hardest. And I was like, interesting. The first part, like getting to the first million was the hardest, but getting to subsequence are going to be like this. Because once you have the discipline and the skill and the focus, you just build on that, right? And you make it super boring so that you cannot fail. And if you start monkeying around with things, you're veering into gambling territory and you've stopped being an investor. So you need to limit your risk, only play with what you can when you're gambling, right? And understand what you're going to do in order to try and get the best return in the shortest amount of time, because that's what you're doing when you're gambling. You're trying to roll with the dices. You're trying to stack the cards in your favor. And you're trying to make sure that what you have just spent, you are, are going to get back or you're willing to just walk away, which every single time that I gamble, I am willing to walk away. I'm willing to walk away. When I got in, when I go to the casino, it is, is it because I'm trying to win? Sometimes. But for me, it's more, it's just a thrill. Like I understand why I'm there, right? It's fun. It's a game and I get to see other people. I get to, you know, just be in a different energy. It's very like, go, 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 um, which I need in small doses. It's like I said, it's been years. When I started diving into to crypto, I was divinely led to do that. But again, even if I had lost all of the money that I had invested, which I haven't made way more than I invested, even now, right? Even now, because I follow the same principles. The point, the fact of the matter is that it was worth it for me because it gave me a way to learn something else that at the time I wanted to learn and I love to learn. So it was worthwhile, the investment. It gave me a diversion for where I wanted to spend my time and attention during a period of my life where I was not very excited, right? There was a lot of personal stuff going on um, in my life with my family that created a lot of uncertainty, right? Increased risk for me. And so as a result, I wanted to have something where I could just go and play and, you know, figure something out and have no expectations for what the outcome would look like. Gambling. It ended up being a very lucrative investment, but that's not because I was expecting it to be an investment. Now, here's the interesting thing, because we fall into our own traps too, right? Rich people are not immune from being a human. So the minute that I started to think of it as this is a, a long-term investment, which it very well could be, but that's not the reason why I went into it, right? 
So when I switched my mentality halfway through, I started to have different expectations of the things that I was doing inside of that asset class, inside of crypto. And as a result, I started to do things as if I was a gambler. So remember what I said to you, like oftentimes we will flip flop and that's exactly what I did. Now, thankfully, I don't lose any money, right? But the market has gone like this. And so the things that I would have done differently, there was an opportunity for me to pull out when it was like a multi six figure investment. Like, I don't know, a thousand, 10,000 times more than what I had put in. But because I did, I forgot why I went into it in the first place, right? I, I broke my cardinal rule because of because of greed. And I will tell you that that often does us in as human beings, right? Um, and oftentimes, it throws us off track. So rich people remain focused. And they think like an investor. And they understand the difference between investing and gambling. And they don't, they don't get those mixed up. Right? Now, obviously make mistakes too. Hello, perfect example. I've shared with you the good, the bad, and the ugly in order to make this as real and raw and authentic as possible, because I want you to understand that there aren't like fundamental differences in terms of who you are or how you were created or even the life experience that you need. If I can do this and I've helped hundreds of thousands of clients doing this through the course of my career, it starts here, right? This is your biggest barrier to getting to become a rich person and to having as much wealth, whatever that you define that as for most of my clients, the first mile marker is million, right? Being a millionaire and being a millionaire is not about how much you make. It's about how much you keep, but making more money absolutely makes it faster. Right. And I believe that businesses are one of the best ways to be able to make as much money as you possibly can, because there are no limits. In corporate, you are constantly limited by the job description, the pay grade, the salary range. I've heard it all because I was a sales leader. I was the one that was doling out the amount of money that we get every single year. So I get it, right? And now being on the other side as a business owner, right? The biggest gift that you can give yourself is to break through the barriers of how much you can make and how much you can have and ultimately understanding that you don't need to make millions of dollars in order to keep millions of dollars. There are two different skills. Thankfully, I have both. I have both. But I'm going to tell you right now that if all you do as a result of our time together is you start evaluating where am I stepping into the mindset of a gambler when I actually need to be an investor? And when am I actually approaching this as an investor when really this is a gamble and I need to reduce risk because just that one thing alone will help you to stop wasting money, time or energy into opportunities that perhaps you shouldn't be even chasing after. And on the flip side, to take advantage of opportunities that nobody else can see except for you. Okay that nobody else is paying attention to except for you because there will be things happening right now or around the corner where you're going to wonder, am I crazy? How come nobody else is doing this? How come nobody else is going to, you know, take up on this? 
because they're not thinking about it the same way as you. Investor versus gambler. And when you are an investor, these opportunities will pop up. And they are the biggest wealth transfer opportunities that we can see when markets dip down like this. Okay, And that's why two years ago with, with um, the start of the pandemic, so many overnight millionaires just popped up. And I believe that we are in another great opportunity where more rich people will be created, will be earned, will be experienced through the application of a lot of different components. But this one thing, I believe every single one of them has in common. Every single one of them. Okay. So I hope this was helpful. And let me just see. I see some questions here. Kita says, investing is just intimidating in general when you don't understand it. Absolutely. I, I completely understand this. Um, and I know that even from my clients, like even my current clients, a lot of them invest and they don't know what they've invested in. Because unfortunately, the investment industry, and I, and I am out to kind of change this, uh, not as an accredited financial advisor, but as somebody who has been in the industry, who is now out of the industry, and is still active and an active participant in the industry by being an investor to normalize money conversations. And so that's why I felt compelled to come on here and talk about this, because if you listened at the very beginning, when I said my client was kind of ridiculed for why are you talking about money? Um, because everything that we do in life requires money for the most part, like in order for me to have a house over my head, we need money. In order for me to even like this, I paid for a computer. I paid for a phone. I paid for my um, cable bill that funds my data connection, <laughs> my Wi-Fi, my internet, right? Like even the ability to have clothing on my on my body, um, keeping my children safe, keeping our house warm, all requires money. And we can make our money grow so much faster if we understand the principles of investing and how to grow it, right? So unfortunately, investment advisors, remember a lot of people in these jobs, it's, it makes them feel good, right? It makes them feel good because they're knowledgeable, they, you, you need them, and they can sometimes make it harder to ask for questions as a result. I want you, if right now you do have an investment advisor, because remember, I am not your investment advisor. This is not financial advice, and you need to do your own research for what's applicable to you. Um, and if it's helpful, you know, these are things that I can continue to share um, because these are things that I'm being led to talk about uh, because of my experience and because I have no vested interest in what you invest in, meaning like I have nothing to sell you for buy my thing. If you, if you want to work with me in your business, great. Um, and I may have things coming up the pipe for, you know, this kind of wealth conversation. Great. But I'm not going to go into nitty gritty details and say, now's the time to buy Bitcoin. No, I don't, I don't know. Is it, again, it depends on you. So I can't tell you that advice. Um, your financial advisor should be asking you very specific questions before they even give you any kind of investment advice or they can get their license revoked. And that's why a true investment advisor will never say carte blanche, everybody should be buying this. No. Even when you see people on 
the news, like CNN or all, all those kinds of things, and you see the stock tickers and they're like, so what's your recommendation on this stock, Brian? Well, it's a solid buy for us, George. So it is for them, right? And they're going to give you the reasons why, like what they're looking for. But if your risk tolerance or your investor mindset, right? Like your mindset and your, your time horizon does not account for that type of investment in your portfolio. You have no business investing in it because you're gambling with your money. That's why I'm, I'm sharing this information with you and I'm giving it freely because I don't want you to be taken advantage of. I need you to understand that these are the things that investment advisors will not talk about because they don't even think about it, right? Like, you have to understand how to be an investor. Yes, you can have help investing, but unless you operate as an investor and not as a gambler, you are going to cause a living wreck for you and them. You're going to be calling them constantly as you see that money go because you're going to be panicked. That is not helpful for an expert. Like that's going to make them block your calls or avoid you. How do I know? I know I've never done that. <laughs> I've never done that. Truly. Okay. So let me see what other questions that you have. Janie says, I am not a gambler being hit three times by the stock market crashes. PTSD. I completely understand. Right. Um, Kita is saying stocks are splitting right now. Absolutely. Right. We're seeing different things going on in the market. And again, you need to look at what's appropriate because not all stocks are created equal and not everybody should be invested in stocks. Okay. Not everybody should be invested in stocks. That is a very specific asset class. They are equities. So not everybody should have equities in their portfolio. It really just depends. Again, not financial advice. Do your own research. Please make sure that you speak to somebody who's accredited and licensed in whatever you're purchasing. Right? So if you're trying to purchase uh, insurance products, you need to speak with a licensed insurance agent. I am neither of those. Most financial advisors are not either. So you need to make sure that you, because they can get into pot water too, right? Like if you're talking to somebody who sells stocks, but they're not licensed to sell insurance and you got, you guys start talking about insurance, they can get in, they can have their license revoked. Okay. So again, just wanting to give you some context because there's an awful lot of people right now that are teaching people how to get rich and how to manage money and what to buy. And they have zero qualifications. They have zero accreditations and they have zero licensing. And I'm telling you right now, if they don't get a lawsuit slapped across their face, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Somebody is going to complain and it takes one complaint. That's the SEC will come down like that. Um, I don't I don't play around with compliance stuff just because of my background, because they can come and take everything away. Um, that's no that's not good. Kita is asking. So investing is better than saving. Is this correct? They're different. Kita, they're different. So I cannot comfortably say one is better than the other it depends on your goals so that's something that i can talk about in an upcoming um show let me just make a note of it um, because they're not the same thing okay you need to actually have so in general so if you don't have my abc's of building wealth ebook i think i cover off parts of this inside of there as well it's 25 dollars uh 
comment or send me a message, just email me um, because YouTube is kind of funny with our live comments. Sometimes they just disappear on the, the rebroadcast. Info at SusanMcVay.com and I will send you information to um, to grab that ABCs of ebook, ebook, uh, ABCs of building wealth ebook. Um, they're not they're not the same thing. You need to have savings, liquid cash, low risk, and you. Most of us should also have investments because those are for remember long term goals, right? Uh, usually, it's to fund our retirement because none of us want to work forever. I'm going to guess, right? Um, but again, it's going to depend on what is most important to you. Daisy says, yes, this was so confirming and inspiring. You're welcome, my dear. Okay, let me just see if there's anything else. Okay, I think I covered off the questions. If there is anything else that I missed as we went through, feel free to just throw it back in the comments. There's a little bit of a delay. Um, and Janie said that also shows their level of confidence in investing and understanding the process. Absolutely. Okay. So you're welcome for the comments, um, the information. I'm happy to share because I think right now I want to redefine how women view wealth and how women grow their wealth. And I believe that the best way to do that is through education. Some of it's going to be free and some of it's not. Um, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So stay tuned. There will be more as things unfold because I'm being led to talk more about this because this is what I've done. Um, but I'm also a sales expert because you need to know how to make more money. That's the reality. That is what this next season of life and the world and the economy is going to require. Right. With the great resignation happening, more and more people are rethinking what it truly means to be wealthy. And being rich is not just about having the riches of the kingdom. It's not just about being able to buy material things. It's about who you are in the process and who you're becoming in order to be able to have more, be more and not just do more. And I'm not talking about more, more, more. I'm talking about like the fullness right? Being able to just receive, 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 and be able to, to get and go and get and go because money, just like water, it is a flow. It is a flow. And oftentimes we're so contracted and constrained. We have our hands closed that it's really impossible to actually let go, like let the money go and know and have trust that it's going to come back in. And there's systems and processes there's thinking that is the most important. There are exercises that you can do. There are ways to be that you can start to develop, even if nobody around you gets you, even if nobody around you has the amount of money that you desire to have. Does this make sense? And so at the end of the day, I had sent out a text to my texting line and said, like, if you want to be a millionaire, you have to start thinking like a millionaire. You need to start making decisions like a millionaire. And you need to be around millionaires because the reality is if you're around people who complain about their money, who don't feel rich, even if they have rich money, right? This is not where there's a certain amount in your bank account where I can say you're going to be rich at this point. 
Again, it's going to depend, right? So I can't answer that for you because it depends where do you live? How much does it cost you to take care of yourself and your family? What is your lifestyle like? There's so many different factors that make it very, very personalized for each of us. I mean, I live in a part of the world. I grew up in Vancouver. We now live in Victoria, which is just across the water. But it's one of the most expensive cities in the world. Like to buy a piece of land, a parcel of dirt that might have a house on it is a million dollars. So automatically, for most people who own property in Vancouver and here in Victoria, if you are a homeowner, you are automatically a millionaire, right? You might be cash poor though, because all of your equity, all of your investment is inside of a home. But chances are you have already hit that magical milestone, right? So do most people feel rich here in my city if they have a million dollars? No. I'm just going to tell you no, right? But if we were to take that same amount and take you up north, up north into the boonies in the interior, would that be a different story? Heck yes. Absolutely. Right? So that's why that question needs to be, it depends. And if somebody just says like a blanket, the reason why I say my mission is to help see more female millionaires is because I know that there's something that shifts the minute that you see a million dollars in the bank a million dollars in the bank where you know that you can suddenly breathe. And once you have, once you have the rigor and the discipline and the thoughts that a rich person has to see a million dollars in cash. And I, I don't mean just like sitting in like a bank account. I'm talking about invested or whatever. It all counts that that level of freedom is very different, right? You don't have to hold on to money the same way. When somebody asks, can I borrow X amount? You're like, yeah, okay, right? When, when people actually come to you as a, a bank, right? And at the end of the day, I'm not a bank. Even in my business, like, I'm not a bank. You have to operate the way that you want other people to operate as well. So if you want... So rich people don't expect other people to do things that they're not willing to do. If you're not willing to pay your bills on time, don't expect other people to do it too, right? If you want to have a lot of money, but you are not being disciplined with the amount that you have right now, like you're not paying attention to, to the amount that you have now. When I was starting out, I counted every single penny because I had to, because I had to make it count. Because I wanted to be really, really ruthless with, could I put a little bit more into my savings? Could I pay down my debt a little bit more? Um, I had a budget that I needed to stick to. And again, I'm sharing this because I was contracting, right? And even back then, I mean, I got lots of time. I could have had two or three jobs. And at a point, I did have two jobs, but I spent it. And now looking back, silly Susan, I like... How badly did I want those boots for $400? That $400, if I had invested it, would probably be worth $400,000 right now. Because that's how my mind thinks now, right? But at the time, I was thinking like a gambler. Short term, quick fix, right? And again, it's not to say that we can't have the things that we like. 
but we need to be able to balance those off because there are trade-offs with the decisions that we make, especially when it comes to our money and our time and our effort, right? And so when we understand this, then we can operate within the, the their spiritual laws and practices that govern how money flows that everybody operates within. And when we break those, then there's consequences, right? And so it's understanding both the spirituality piece, the strategy piece, and then the tactical, what do I do boots on the ground piece? And all of those components are very, very important. But it first starts with what do you believe and what do you understand? What's your experience so that we can break the cycle so that you can open yourself up to new opportunities, new understanding and new experiences. Make sense? Okay. Oh, repeat that. Janie, I don't remember what I just said. Um, so I apologize. Um, watch the replay, if you will, my dear, because um, I'm not sure exactly what the piece was that you are asking for. So, Janie's question, what can you afford to lose? That's a hard question to answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing that, right? And I think that would be a great homework piece is to take a look at what can you afford to lose? And are you using that as if you're gambling versus making investments for the long term, right? So evaluate where you're spending your money, evaluate where you're spending your time and your efforts. And are you coming from a scarcity mindset or from a growth mindset that's fueling the investment as opposed to the gamble? Make sense? Okay, perfect. So thank you. I appreciate you. Um, chances are we'll be back on here tomorrow because I, appearingly I have a lot more to say on these topics than I had thought. So we will back here tomorrow. Uh, be sure to hit subscribe and hit the bell, I think, down here um, in order to be notified the next time I go live or a new video drops here on the channel. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.